Hi everyone, I'm Dan, Rachel's dad, and this is Almost Bedtime Theater, a podcast about playing role-playing games with kids. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the basics of what role-playing games are and the importance of setting various expectations so that everyone's on the same page in terms of the content of the game and the kind of behavior that's expected. I figure that the very first step is making sure everybody knows what a role-playing game or, or RPG is, so let's start with that. RPGs are basically story-building games where you, you come up with a group of characters and then follow them through some imaginary adventure or other tale that you are all creating together. At some point in that storyline, your character is going to try to do something where you, you don't know for sure how it's going to turn out. And that's when you pull out the dice or a, some other mechanic for finding out what happens. RPGs can range from very narrative games where the players are weaving a story without much in the way of rules, all the way to very rules-heavy battle simulators where every five-foot step is mapped out. For the purposes of this podcast, we'll generally be more on the narrative end of that spectrum. But if you and your players are interested in trying out the latter, go for it. There's a lot of fun to be had there. These games are also able to cover just about any genre or story type you can come up with. So make sure everyone's on the same page with respect to the kind of story that you're trying to create. This can be as simple as saying, you're all adventurers in a fantasy world. Or it can be more complex, like uh, you're all werewolves on a post-apocalyptic world that has three moons and, and everybody rides in boats powered by magic. When it comes to new players, it can be very helpful to use a setting that they're already familiar with. And I find that, that kids in particular can get very excited about playing in the world of their favorite book, movie, TV show, you name it. And this comes with the added bonus that they may very well know a lot more about the world that they're now playing in than you do. So they can feel more confident about chipping in with content and, and suggestions for the story. So run that Harry Potter game, run that Star Wars game, run that My Little Pony game, whatever. It's all good. Now... There's usually somebody in charge of running the game who guides the story and, and keeps things on track. And I'm going to hazard that if you are listening to this episode, that's probably going to be you. There are different names to refer to this person, to this role. Um, there are titles like Game Master and The Storyteller or The Guiding Voice. My favorite term for the role is The Story Guide. It is a term that I picked up from a game called Girl Underground, which is definitely one I recommend for teens and up if you're looking for something for that age group. But what I really like about the title Story Guide is that it's a reminder that this is about collaborative storytelling. You'll set the scene, you'll, you'll play the role of the various non-player characters, also called NPCs, and, and you'll make the call on any rules issues, but the players are going to be providing a lot of input into the scene and how it unfolds. So it really does embody that, that guide idea. In my opinion, the foremost thing that the story guide is responsible for is ensuring that expectations are set early with respect to making the game session a safe and fun space. RPGs, whether they are for kids or anyone else, 
have to be safe spaces for everyone involved. You do not want to end up in a situation where someone is forced into a position that they really aren't comfortable with. Chances are that if you're going to be playing with kiddos you know well, you already have a decent idea about what might bother them, but it's still worth talking to them about it. You might be surprised by what you learn. For example, I know that Rachel loves wolves and lots of other furry little critters, but let's stick with wolves. So I'm very aware that I shouldn't include wolves as an enemy because she would not have a good time if she felt that she or anyone else needed to fight them or hurt them. And then when I asked her at one point uh, if she had any suggestions for how I could make a particular game we were playing better, she pointed out that she was very worried about her sidekicks and, and really didn't want them to die. Now, she and I have never played a game together where any of the player characters or sidekicks or whatever have been killed. So it wasn't even on my radar to think about that, but it was certainly on her mind and it was preventing her from really enjoying the game. We talked about it and ultimately she was very happy with the plan that we came up with, which was that none of these characters would ever get killed, but they could certainly end up captured, knocked out, scared off, uh, losing important equipment, all, all kinds of terrible things could happen but they would always survive. And, and that that's what worked for her. It's all about having that open communication. And this idea of limiting content that might show up in the game, it's not just something for the players. The story guide gets to keep out topics that they don't like as well. For example, whether I'm playing with adults or kids, my games will never have scenes of small children getting injured. That's just, it's just a no-go space for me. We've all got things we don't want to deal with in our fun time, so make sure that yours are taken into account as well. Once you've hammered all that out, make sure that everybody playing knows where those topic boundaries are so that they can keep them in mind. And two, the list of off-limit topics isn't something that's, that's locked down when the game starts. It can absolutely be added to during the game itself. With that in mind, something I recommend that you consider incorporating into your games is the X card. This is a safety tool that pretty much boils down to a card with a big X on it. And if anything makes anyone uncomfortable or some part of the game that they, they really don't like, all they have to do is lift up the card or tap it. And the story guide knows to fix the story to remove the problem. I'll include a link to more information in the description so that you can, you can read the really nice little intro speech that goes with it and to get more information if you'd like. Again, even if you know your player or players incredibly well, it can be helpful to have something like the X card in play, just in case. Setting expectations also means establishing any other table rules. It can be helpful, for example, to point out right up front that the player's characters are expected to work together and that they aren't allowed to attack each other. This is not to say that you can't have a game where it's a free-for-all, but at least for me, that's not the kind of game I'm looking to run. So I make that clear. So there's your starter on setting expectations. I hope you found it useful and will have the opportunity to incorporate some of these ideas into your next game. If you have any thoughts or suggestions that you'd like to share with Rachel or myself, you can email us at almostbedtimetheater at gmail.com or find us on Twitter as at almostbedtime. Thanks for listening and have a good night. 